It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Paul Holmgren. Hey, I'm Travis Konechny. Hi, I'm Chuck Fletcher. Hey, this is Jeremy Roenick. Hi, this is Travis Sanheim. Hi, I'm Joel Farabee. Hi, this is Derek Broussard. Hey, I'm Scott Lawton. Hi. This is Bob Clark. And you're listening to Snow the Goalie. 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 Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast, the People's Podcast, Players Podcast, Prognosticators Podcast, the New Year Podcast. This is technically the end of your podcast. We, we heard. We heard the people. They said right around the holidays, is there going to be a Snow the Goalie? We didn't tell you that we weren't going to be here. A lot of stuff going on. Um, but we're here to wrap up the uh, the year the year it has been in 2022 for your team, your town, your Philadelphia Flyers, an eventful one to say the least. We're going to break it all down and get you hype for 2023. A lot of good things on the horizon, potentially. Who knows? But uh, let's start off with the man right next to me, Anthony Sanfilippo. Find him on Twitter at Philly. How are you doing, you, you lovely, jolly fellow you? I'm doing fantastic. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Russ, for that introduction. No, it's it's been good. I'm, I'm glad that we were able to uh, uh, get this one in before the end of the year. Uh, I knew that it was going to be tough to do over the Christmas break um, with the holiday falling on a weekend and you know leading the lead in kind of being a tough time to get three of us together. So I'm glad we were able to get one in, and I'm even more excited. And I'm you know I know you're going to uh, say what it is. I'm even more excited that we had a, a special guest this week from the roster. We had a player player came on the. Uh, on the pod, and you'll be able to hear that interview coming up in a little bit. And a player who, by the way, has already received the Snow the Goalie bump. Remember, this goes back to our uh-huh. to our old days, and one of two things happens. A guy comes on Snow the Goalie, and either he goes on a tear, or he gets released that within like eight hours, like Dale Weiss. So, Owen Tippett has not yet gotten released, uh, had a goal against San Jose, so that's good. We can, we can be excited about that. We're going to get to that interview in a minute, but I'm going to go to a man, man on the road, a man who I believe has had a great holiday season, a man who, if correct me if I'm wrong, has sold a heck of a lot of books uh, and whose book, I believe, remains number one on Amazon for hockey biographies, if I saw that correctly recently. And that, of course, yeah, I, is our own Chris Terrian. Bundy, how are you doing? Doing good, guys. Yeah, I think that's a Kindle version, I think, that came out. They keep switching it around. I think I like like different categories, like most desired, you know, bestsellers at the time, best Kindle seller. Listen, I, I think I said it on Facebook the other day. I'm getting a lot of people talking about the book from the recovery community. The hockey stories are great. I think people are starting to understand that I had to kind of thread a needle, and Wayne did as well. Wayne Fish, who just did an unbelievable job threading the needle between showing my hockey journey also falling into my addiction at the same time. And I think people could correlate that to their lives no matter what they do to understand that addiction is real it can happen in any workplace anywhere and it doesn't pick and choose so i think that for the sustainability of time 
because of the addiction issues and, 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 and I think coming out of that and showing people that, that measure of hope, I think that's why this book is going to, I think, stay, stay in good circles for a long time. And that's, that was ultimately what I wanted to get out of it. But thanks guys. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy new year. Uh, I hope my I hope my audio is as good as it can be for everybody today. I'm driving up to um, up near Syracuse to Colgate University to watch my daughters play, and then heading uh, out for, celebrate the New Year's from there. So um, it's going to be good. Got a little bit of a ride ahead of me, not too too bad. But uh, four o'clock start in Hamilton, New York, Loyola versus Colgate. That's how my New Year's is shaping up. Attaboy. <laughs> Uh, by the way, if uh, if you or somebody you know is struggling with addiction, especially at this time of year, you, know, you can always reach out to Bundy on Twitter at Cetarian6. Uh, if you can't get through to him that way, if you don't have Twitter, you can always reach out through the Snow the Goalie page over on Facebook, and we'll get you in touch with uh, with Bundy. And, I, and also, Russ, you can you can reach me. I tell people all the time, and I put on Facebook, if you need me, just email me at BundyRecovery at ChrisTarian.com, BundyRecovery at ChrisTarian.com. Shoot us an email. They're starting to come in. People are getting traction. And all I tell you, have all you need to do is say three words. I need help. We'll get the rest. And I mean that. It's that easy. So um, it's just a matter of you taking that that hard step. But it, all it is is three words. And the rest of it, I got a whole world of people, including myself, that will be there to help you. And that's, that's what awesome. it's all about. Yep. That's great stuff. Um before we get into the, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what we call it at this point, and um, the the goings on. There, there's a lot that has happened in this past week that um, I tried to explain this. I, I like describe this to my wife, and we, we've been getting work done in our house, and uh, our contractor's a big Flyers fan, and I just kind of went over with him some of the bullet points of the things that have happened over the last few months, but especially in the last week, and when you tally them all up. And put them together. And if you were to say this happened uh, throughout the league, like this happened across two or three teams within a two-month span, you'd go, wow, that's insane. But the crazy thing is that all of these things have happened within a week and a half with the same team, with the Philadelphia Flyers. We've got a Carter Hart thing going on, uh, Tortorella, Fletcher, uh, wild, wild stuff to say the least. We had the Flyers come back uh, from uh, being down to take down a team that was between them and the top pick in the draft. Uh, we'll get to that as well. Before we get into those current topics, I want to throw this uh, right now to an interview that Ant and I did earlier this week with Owen Tippett, who, by the way, as we mentioned, has already gotten the snow the goalie bump. Uh, Tippett had some interesting stuff to say. Young player, is he going to rock the boat a ton, knowing that uh, his his coach is probably going to listen and that the organization is going to listen? I don't know. There's <laughs> some uh, good tidbits in there. Check out the interview. And then on the opposite side, on the other end of that interview, we will get into all of the goings-on here in Flyer Zone. So uh, here's Owen Tippett. Oh, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. We are joined today by a guy who I, I think a lot of people want to hear from. And I know Anthony's excited, and I'm excited. And that man on the screen, that is that is not Wade Allison. No, no, no. That is Owen Tippett. <laughs> Owen, welcome to Snow the Goalie. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I, I, I know that Russ wants to talk to you about that uh, comparison he just made a little bit later in the program. Um, but I, I really want to just kind of start with, uh, you know, you know where you're at with the, with, with the Flyers this season. Obviously, you were a big part of the uh, – 
trade for a legend from this town last year, right? And and so um, I, I know coming in, you probably had a little bit of butterflies and like, oh, geez, I'm the guy who they got for Claude Giroux. Um, and now, though, now that you're into your second season with the team, I'm sure you're a lot more comfortable. But can you talk a little bit about it? I mean, you got 10 goals already. You're on pace for 26 for the year. I mean, that's a that's a great number to think about um, at this point. But can you just talk about what it's been like to kind of transition here with the Flyers and, and getting into the second season? Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, last year was a pretty smooth transition. Um, you know, I, I knew a couple guys coming in, which made it easier and uh, made it really welcoming. But um, obviously coming in fresh as a, as, as a new season starts and kind of you know more guys coming into camp, it, it obviously makes it easier. And, um, you know, I was more comfortable this year coming in just because I knew guys and, you know, it wasn't new faces all at once sort of thing. So, um, you know, it's it's been great so far and um, nothing but great things to say about all the guys being so welcoming. You're, you're really getting an opportunity to play a lot of, you know, minutes against some really good opposition. Uh, you know, you're playing on that. You know, in the top six most nights, um, and and you're really getting that chance. Uh, maybe maybe actually a little bit more than you probably ever did when you were down in Florida. Um, can can you talk about embracing that opportunity and and really finding it and saying to yourself, okay, this is kind of a transitional year for this organization. If I could just do this, then I know it'll be great moving forward. It's kind of thing. Yeah, obviously, just you know, you want to do whatever you can to help the team win, and um, you know. Like you said, I'm, I'm getting those opportunities to, to play up in the lineup. And, um, you know, obviously I don't want to take anything for granted. And I want to prove that, you know, I'm able to play in those roles and and, uh, and against those other other top lines, like you said. So, um, you know, I'm just kind of taking it one game at a time and, and doing what I can to, to help the team win. With the fact that you're so early in, in your career and, and you got a, a fresh start last year and, and now you kind of have that, that level of comfort, like you said, you know, difference between getting traded midseason and actually getting to roll into a full training camp and everything is is there something nice and and you know it's 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 tricky right because i think every guy wants to play on a team that's legitimately contending for the stanley cup and then there's kind of like the, there's the other side of things where there have been some injuries you know it's it might not be that that kind of a season right now is there something that's almost maybe a little bit more exciting about being in this kind of situation this year where you don't have, say, six, eight guys above you in the lineup that are, you know, ironclad, you know, you're going to be fighting for bottom six minutes at best, that you kind of get to explore yourself as a player and and to kind of carve out a, a, a legitimate spot in this lineup. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's there's positives to kind of either scenario that you just mentioned. And um, obviously, one thing to look at is, you know, you, you can be part of the young core that's, that's going to take this team kind of you know, once everyone is healthy and you can see the steps that you take and kind of say, okay, I want to be a part of that. And I want to get the, get the team rolling in the right direction. But obviously there's, you know, there's, there's both sides where you wish you could be, you know, in the fight for it every single year. And obviously we're doing everything we can to, to do that. But um, it's like you said, there's, there's positives to look at it in, in both ways. There's a lot of buzzwords that, that have been used around this team this year. Um, one of them that I want to bring up to you is standard. Um, and that, I think that comes obviously from, from the coach, but, um, you guys even did a, uh, <laughs> preseason behind the scenes video and entitled it that the standard, um, what has it been like? I mean, you know, we, we all know about John Tortorella and, and what he's like as a person and his per big personality. And we've seen it not just here. We saw it for years in every other city and, and guys, you know, honestly, uh, for every team that he's ever coached, 
love them, hate them, whatever the case might be, but it, it, it's always kind of a unique scenario. What's it been like for you to kind of uh, work with him and, and, and how communicative is he with you um, and, and, you know, one-on-one about what he expects from you and, what, and you know, you able to express some stuff back to him? Yeah, it's been great. I mean, obviously, um, like you said, it's, you know, you, you hear about things coming in, coming into camp and not having for him yet, but obviously, you know, he's, he's been great with me. And, um, you know, I think the thing with him that I really can feed off is, is just how upfront he is and, and his expectations for his players. Um, you know, guys respect him so much. And, um, when he tells you something, everyone's listening and, um, you don't want to disappoint obviously anyone, but, um, you know, when, when he says something, I, I think for me, when it's so kind of straightforward and, and tells me exactly what he expects, it, it makes it a lot easier as a player to, to kind of go out and do it. And it, it takes the thinking aspect out of it. He, he we, actually we talked to, uh, oh, ahead, you know, to, to coach a few other coaches of this team in the past, as well as some player, you know, active players. And there's kind of been this um, shift, we'll say, over like the last five or six years of this idea that younger players almost need to be coddled or need to be, you know, given, you know, it's uh, the, the idea of the Socratic method. Like, I, I need to know why, you know, before I take this coach's feedback, mm-hmm. I need to know why, why, why. And you're saying that, like, he comes to you with something straightforward as a player, like on you personally, not speaking for the rest of the team, but like, do you find that that direct feedback, no BS around it, just straight to the point is what can, you know, translate and and help you reach that next level, maybe more so than the way that some others might approach it? Yeah, I think so. And and like you said earlier, it's um, everyone kind of reacts different to, to different styles of coaching. But for me, like I said, it's I, I think I'm reacting better to someone that's telling me kind of straightforward up front what they expect from me rather than kind of leaving it up to me to, you know, think of, you know, if what I should be doing or where I should be sort of thing. So I think for me personally, it's, it's gone a long way to kind of have that, you know, no gray area and just know exactly what he expects from me. And, um, you know, it, it's allowed me to play more freely and not think about, think about as much stuff when I'm on the ice. It's interesting to hear you say that that way, um, because I, I did a I read a story that was written about you, geez, back when you were uh, getting ready for the draft before the 17 draft, um, really kind of just talking about uh, your journey. Um, and I, I know that uh, you and your mom and your sister made a lot of sacrifices to to really allow your uh, hockey experience as a, as a youth kind of uh, develop and continue. Um, but, it, but in that story, it talked a lot about also, you know, the coaches that you met along the way and, and how they, they relate, you know, you related to them. And it sounds a lot like the same thing here. Can, can you kind of talk us through that journey with, I mean, I don't think fans in Philly know what you, what you kind of experienced, what you went through. Can you kind of talk us through that and, and then, yeah. you know, where those, where those things came up for you along the way? Yeah. So, um, obviously moving away from home with my mom at a young age and, um, kind of, taking my hockey career and, and schooling to, to a new city as, as young, I was 11 years old. And um, just like you said, I've, I've always kind of had good relationships with my coaches, but there was also that line where, you know, they, they tell me exactly what they expect from me. And um, like you said, just, just growing up, it's been something I appreciate as a coach and, and something I've responded well to. I think, I mean, I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of an old, do people tell you that it's kind of an old school throwback mentality? Do you hear that at all? Because I mean, you know, like Russ had asked you, I mean, a lot of times you hear that the the younger player doesn't particularly like that. And then you're like, man, yeah, give it to me direct. Do people tell you you're a little bit of a throwback that way? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, 
that's what you kind of hear. It's the old school kind of way of coaching. But um, for me, it's just, you know, just kind of, it's what I personally, you know, I, I'd like to think freely and not, you know, try and think of what I should or shouldn't be doing. And, and instead of just being able to go out and play and, and, you know, know my expectations and know what I'm uh, supposed to be doing. Let me ask you this. Let's, let's kind of go like on and off the ice a little bit. Okay. So Ant says off the top, you you're traded for a guy that a lot of this fan base really loved. There's also part of the fan base that didn't, but for the most part was like, we'll go down as a top, whatever flyer. There is something about the pressure that can get to guys when you're traded for somebody of that level versus like just being part of a, you know, relatively obscure trade. It appears as though you haven't let that get to you. So can you kind of walk us through uh, how, how do you not let being the centerpiece, you are the centerpiece of the deal for the longtime captain of the team. How do you just kind of shrug that off and, and go about business as usual? Yeah, I think, I think it's just one of those things I said right from when it happened. I mean, obviously when you get traded for a big name like that and, and as good of a player as Drew is, um, you know, there's, there's going to be that expectations where, you know, you may feel pressure to fill a hole that's that's been left. But um, right when I came in, my my mindset was just kind of, you know, he's he's established himself in this league, and you know, he's done great things and made and had good accomplishments, you know, throughout his career. And um, just me being a young guy and still trying to find my way and and you know, kind of make my own impact. It's it's completely different sides. I mean, obviously, there's ways you can look at it where. You, you can feel the pressure, but for me personally, it's it's one of those things where I just kind of tried to not think about and, and realize that we're, we're different players and um, just me being younger, trying to find my way. I, I don't feel like I should be able to fill that whole sort of thing right now, at least. Now it's time to get to the important questions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know in the past uh, with a more veteran team, that a couple of veteran guys have always been in charge of the music in the locker room. Now that with this team being a bit younger, do you get, do you have any say, do you get to, do you get any, uh, any input into that or do you not really care what music is playing at any particular time? No, I don't really care what's, what's playing at any particular time. And um, preferably I'd, I'd rather not have that responsibility of trying to please everyone in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> well, who is, who is the DJ in the locker room these days? Uh, lots. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Makes makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, one of the one of the things that I have always argued, um, and maybe this is I have a little bit of a baseball background as well, but you know, baseball players they have their walk up music, right? I've always argued that hockey players should have their own goal song rather than everybody have to share their own song. Yeah. I'm just wondering, as a guy who's who's considered a goal scorer, if you would be in favor of that. Uh, you see teams doing it all over the league and I think it is pretty cool, but at the same time, it's, you know, I can see the problems behind it and, you know, it, it's a lot of work to, to kind of get everyone on the same page for that. But, uh, personally, I'm, it's, I don't really have a preference. If you had to pick a song, what would, what would it be? Don't act like you don't know. <laughs> now you're putting me on the spot, don't, right? act, don't you dare. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly don't even know. There would be, there would have to be some, some thought put into it for sure. Just to, you know, make sure it's it's catchy and, and whatnot. So, okay. Oh, that's fair. At least that's fair. At least, Rush, you want to ask the the big question? Yeah, I mean, so I I kind of mentioned this off the top. I I I one I want to know how annoyed you are by this, and and two, I mean, <laughs> listen, 
be, being like a, a, a brunette, right? Like we're a dime a dozen, but like here, here you are. And I, 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 I think we kind of need to show, I'm, I'm sure the people have seen this before, but I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you're the same guy. You're not. Okay. But are you on your, like, are you on guard at all times now? Because like, let's just say that Wade Allison breaks a window at the hotel. Not saying he would. I'm not saying he would. Probably a great guy. But if somebody had to come up with a profile of this is the guy who broke the window, there's like now a non-zero chance that somebody's going to think it was you. So I want to know, is, is it, is it a problem having a teammate who kind of fits the same profile? And uh, do people mess with you beyond, you know, the Twitter community about the fact that not a real resemblance, but like there's a few features that might be, you know, a little bit, a little bit close. Yeah. I think, you know, there's, I think early on there was a lot of kind of jokes thrown, but um, recently there hasn't been kind of much talk about it. I think it's, you know, it is what it is. And um, obviously there are there's those similarities and um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to be honest. That's, you know, it's you always hear about. Oh, I saw someone that ran in looked looked like you, but blah, blah blah blah. But no, it's it's funny to to kind of hear those jokes every once in a while, and um, they've kind of died down since the start of the year. That's for sure. Yeah, like, if Torque weren't the coach, like you guys totally would have swapped jerseys like one time in training camp, right? Like we get like a Freaky Friday kind of thing going now. Yeah, we thought about it for sure, but we decided against it. <laughs> Well, so what do you think Torch would have done if you guys had done that? Uh, I, I can't imagine that would have been looked at too favorably. Like, is that bag skate? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think early on we might have caught him, but I, I don't think we get away with it now. See, I think you guys would have been better for the for the commercial than uh, Lots and Sanny <laughs> yeah. for the car for the car care commercial. Put the two of you up there. That'd be yeah, like you yeah, could yeah. have a ton of fun with Ric Flair, right? Yeah, switch there. <laughs> Um, another thing that we like to ask guys is, uh, are you, are you, uh, are you a guy who likes to watch anything? You know, are you streaming anything, um, you know, Netflix or, or, uh, uh, prime or anything like that? Is there a show that you're like saying, yeah, I got to watch this. And this is one I recommend to everybody. Uh, right now it's just Yellowstone. I think it's, it's known and there's a lot of buzz about it, but that's, uh, that's currently what I'm watching. You like it now? What's that? You like it? Yeah. You like yeah, it? It's good. It's great so far. And I have to admit, I'm a little late. I'm, I'm behind on on the seasons, but um, it, it's great so far. There's a, a, a long-held question on this show, and no one has ever sided with me before. But uh, I'm going to say there's a chance here. There's no, hope. There, there's no chance. <laughs> All right. Probably no chance. Um, the... Your favorite. I'm not saying the best. I'm not saying the best produced. I'm not saying the best oh, written. He's trying to curry favor already. If you had to sit down and watch one hockey movie, you only get to watch one. What is the one hockey movie that you watch that you enjoy the most that you say every time? Put that one on. Uh, it's honestly, t- I don't watch a lot of movies, let alone hockey movies. So it's, it's kind of tough. But um, obviously the original Mighty Ducks is is a go-to. It's, I would say I, that would be that would be the one. Okay, well that's that's better than what he would than what Russ says. See, now I'm I'm older guy, right? Uh, so so I go with Slapshot, right? And that was yep. I guess that was more for the generation before me and my generation. But yep. Russ goes with Goon. Love I mean, isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, they're all, they're all great great movies. <laughs> like I said, I'm not one to watch movies in general, let alone hockey movies. So I think I've only seen. I like where this is going though. That was a handful each. So. I think you're the first guy to say Mighty Ducks in all these years. That makes sense. 
I think it's good. No, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that it's being like room. the. I'm good with that being like the 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 middle ground, right? The, the hedge. Yeah. So you don't you don't you, you get, get a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, you don't get the old people mad. You don't get the younger people mad. You just it's, you fit right in the middle. It's good. Yeah. It's, little, it's little wholesome. D two mighty ducks. Wholesome D2, entertainment. A little bit better than the first one. I don't know about D three. D three was a little bit. I'm talking about like the original one, like the the first one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The original yeah. one, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh, what what what's the yeah, what's the best vacation spot you've had you've been able to go to when you've had time to get away from hockey? Uh, I've gone to. I was in Greece this past summer. Oh wow, that was awesome! And I was also in uh, Croatia when they were um, when they were doing well in the World Cup, and that was awesome as well, just to see that atmosphere and stuff. So both wow. really good spots. And, Very cool. That's yeah. that's really cool. That's really that's really cool. Do you, I, I mean, is travel a thing for you? You like travel, like when you're not doing hockey. Obviously, not hockey travel, but travel. Yeah, obviously, I didn't do it as much when I was a kid, and um, you know, I'm starting to travel more and more now. And um, obviously, I'm I'm a big fan of it. So. Let me let let's see how well you've uh, assimilated into the Philly culture. Uh, is is there a restaurant mm-hmm. or a food stand that is your absolute go to whenever you can? Um, I wouldn't say I have a go to yet. I'm still kind of new to the area and trying to, you know, try different spots every time I go out to eat or or grab food. So um, I wouldn't say there's a go to. I'm I'm more still kind of exploring around. Are you in? Are you in? the city or are you in jersey i'm in the city yeah oh so you're in the city okay yeah, yeah. oh he's got better options got time. there's yeah. a lot of options yeah there's a lot of yeah. options down there's a lot of options in there has, ha- has anybody you... tried to like shame you about like a cheesesteak selection no not really okay no but you've done them right you've tried them yeah i've, I've had a couple i'm still there's still some on the list that i need to try but are you a fan what? yeah i mean i i don't think it's something Every once in a while, it's a nice little little treat, but yeah. I, it's definitely not something I crave. That's that's for sure. What's the order? Is it are you you going you going whiz? Do you have the American little provolone? Are you a sauce guy? Do you throw lettuce and tomato on there? Do you throw <laughs> mushrooms? I I might judge this answer, and so might all the people who listen and watch the show. So please be careful. Uh, don't see you put foie gras on it. Other than that, I think you're okay. No, uh, no whiz, provolone or or American. And uh, just mushrooms, onions, nothing too crazy. Solid order. That's a that is a solid order. Yeah, that is a solid. You get order. to snow the goalie seal of approval on that one. So <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, listen, hey, Owen, we we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, best of luck to you the rest of the way, um, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on here again sometime down the road. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks much. Thank you much. Hey guys. That, ladies and gentlemen, is. Well, I don't, I don't know. Some people might call him Ginger Jesus. I don't want to say oh, uh, boy. Ginger Jesus in the holiday season. All right. <laughs> Last time that was used in Philadelphia was for Carson Wentz, who, by the way, is going to be starting this weekend. Nothing quite like having your playoff hopes on the line and saying, let me get Carson Wentz back in the lineup. But those are the Washington Commanders. Guys, Tommies. Uh, can, I, can I tell you guys one story? I just have to share this really bizarre story because it totally pertains to what you just said. So I don't know if you know this, and some people do. My daughter dates and lives in Indianapolis with uh, Will Fries. He's a, a lineman for the Indianapolis Colts, 23, played at Penn State, great kid. But what are the odds that Isabella, who, you know, it's funny, when I got sober, when I was getting my recovery, one of the great things I did with my kids was go to Eagles games. 
on Sunday. Spend that time with them. So I've been taking her since she's like seven years old. What are the odds that the first two quarterbacks she's had while Will's there is Carson Wentz and Nick Foles? <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> is, is that, I mean, that is absolutely – you cannot make that shit up if you tried, right? Yeah. Like and I told her, I said, that yeah. is almost – like the craziest fate story ever. We win the Super Bowl in 2017. Wentz was there last year. Played. I mean, this is my opinion. Played exactly like he did in Philly. Acted exactly like he did in Philly. And and like you know, I asked Will. I'm like, hey, what's Fools like? He goes, just an awesome. He's the man. You know, same with Matt Ryan. Another Philly guy said Matt Ryan is just an awesome dude. And so um, you know, doesn't I never asked that about a word about Wentz, but what a small world, hey eh, guys. When you think about it, and. uh and that's that's our two quarterbacks, the two guys that were the Super Bowl winning Eagles quarterbacks, which I've been a season ticket holder for twenty years. Crazy small world. That is small world. That is good stuff. That's really so, good yeah. stuff. Um, guys, I I think we would be doing a disservice if we didn't just jump right into uh, um, what what has happened over the last week or so. It this team is beyond what I think you could even define as a soap opera. Um, there were all kinds of names going around on Twitter. Um, where there was a Kevin Hayes thing, right? There was the benching. There was the Kevin Hayes saying that he didn't believe he deserved to be benched and saying that this, you know, it's the coach's call, but he doesn't think that that was a, a, a good choice. And then we get to Carter Hart. So as uh, everyone knows, uh, Chuck Fletcher, one of his best moves, absolute best moves as a general manager and president of this team was trading for Rasmus Ristolainen, was extending Rasmus Ristolainen, definitely uh, an advisable thing, definitely not something that someone desperate, I don't know what the hell he's, uh, listen, I, I can't even feign the sarcasm. Rasmus Ristolainen gets in a collision with another player and they collide into Carter Hart. Carter Hart suffers a concussion. The Flyers decide, okay, we think he's okay. John Tortorella comes out publicly, says Carter Hart is fine. A uh, day later, Carter Hart is placed on injured reserve. So that uh, in the morning, Chuck Fletcher announces Carter Hart goes on injured reserve. Less than two hours later, I think it's about an hour and a half after that press release went out, Carter Hart is on the ice at practice uh, at Skate Zone, I believe, practicing with the team. John Tortorella then says that Carter Hart will be on the trip. Meanwhile, Anthony had reported Hart had suffered a mild concussion. The belief was that he would not be on the trip. You fast forward, Carter Hart is on the trip with a concussion, goes on a plane to the West Coast for a meaningless road trip and a lost season because that makes sense. Uh, the Flyers come back to win a game against San Jose, who happened to be... Uh, whichever way you want to look at it. They have the fourth worst uh, record now or the fourth worst or fourth fewest points in the league. Flyers have fifth. A mess. A mess over the course of less than a week. So, and I want to go to you first. Have you in your, in your long, and I mean long because you're old, long career <laughs> covering the sport of hockey, have you ever seen a scenario unfold where a player suffers a concussion, uh, is said to be fine, goes on injured reserve and within two hours is on the ice practicing. And then by the way, makes a trip cross country on a plane with a concussion. <laughs> Have you ever seen that before? 
<clears throat> no. And Russ, let me just say up front, you don't just like to poke the bear. You Wait, like hold the, on. You, you like the poker to be double-sided, stuck in the fire for six hours prior to it, and then not just poke the guy thing, like stab it under each armpit of the bear. Okay, that's what you like to do. That was what that little like it was Ted. Like it was Ted. Yes. Like yes. Ted. You did yes. it to Ted. That's what you, you did. did. You treated yes. it like Ted. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, no, I've never seen that. Um, but I do want to give some context, and I want to kind of, you know, because one would think at this point, well, you know, Carter's on the trip. I would have updated my tweet. I would have said something. I would have said, hey, guys, my fault, bad, bad tweet, you know, whatever. I get them wrong once in a while. Not that often, but okay, this this one would have been wrong. I did not update the tweet. And here's – so let me take take everybody through the timeline. So the, the collision happens, and Carter goes out. We all saw it, right? We're like, okay, he took a blow to the head uh, in Carolina uh, the day before Christmas Eve. And, okay, that's going to be that's, – that's not good. Um, and you can argue, you know, Ristolainen driving his player right into his goalie is not the smartest thing. Um, but at the same, <laughs> at the same time, you don't expect them to collide heads either. Okay, but nevertheless, that that happens. So we kind of expect that we don't hear anything over the weekend, obviously because it's the holiday. Um, and they come back from the holiday, and uh, Carter's not at practice the first the first day that they practice. Um, but then, uh, you know, but Torts says after that. He's fine. He's going to be fine, right? All right, good. So then the next day, we're like, okay, we assume he's going, to, he's going to practice. Well, the next day, he gets put on IR. Now, this is the morning that I, I am told he's not going on the trip. It's just a mild concussion. They're being very precautious. They're just going to make him sit out for three games, right? And then he'll come back and he'll play when they come back home. Okay, fine. It makes perfect sense, right? You just want to be – it's a mild concussion. You just want to be careful. You know, let's not make him fly out to the West Coast. It's only three games. He'll be okay. And they put him on IR, and then he comes out and practices. Now, everybody starts freaking out about this. But the fact of the matter is he's practicing on home ice. And so it's no – this is no different than, like, a skater coming back to practice but wearing the non-contact jersey, right? Same thing. And that's why there, there seems to be confusion about it because – you can practice with, you know, with the with a concussion type symptom or with a concussion. You just got to be careful, and obviously, no one's crashing the goalie at practice, right? So he, everyone knows this is a, you know, you don't contact the goalie ever at practice, but you're really not going to contact him in his situation, okay? But there's no, there's no harm, and this is where I was supporting the, what the Flyers were doing. There's really no harm in him going out there to see how he feels, you know, take some shots, see if it's, you know, as close as you can get to what game action feels like practice out there for an hour and see what's going on. Then Torts comes upstairs after practice and says, Oh yeah, he's coming on the trip. And not only is he coming on the trip, he's starting the last two games of the trip. And I'm sitting here like, what the hell, man? Like, this is not what I was just told. I was not told this at all. I was, I was told he wasn't even going to go. I immediately got a message from, someone within the organization that says, stand by your story. And I'm like, seriously? And it's like, stand by the story. So turns out what changed overnight from the night before when I got that information was that they were actually going to take him on the trip. Okay. And if he got cleared for some reason on the trip, then he would be available to play. But whether or not he was going to play 
still remain to be seen. As of last night, now this is we're recording this Friday morning, the 30th. So as of last night, prior to the game in San Jose, I got a message that said Carter's probably not playing those last two games on the trip. Now, again, remains to be seen. At this point, I don't know where any of this is going to go, okay? But it just goes to show the mess that this is. Because not only do they really not know what they're doing, seemingly, with the player, but they really don't communicate with each other about what's happening. Is he playing? Is he not playing? Is he going? Is he not going? And they don't know internally. So, like... Would they have been better off if this didn't get out? I mean, they were playing it off as a um, upper body injury at first, right? I mean, we know this. And then I was the – I think I, I think my report was – and not that it was any big surprise to anyone, but I think I was the first one to say that it is a concussion. Um, it, like I said, not a big surprise. And then Torts confirms that by saying that it was – you got it. he was in the concussion protocol, right? So, I mean, so it was all confirmed that that's exactly what it was. But why would you do any of this? I mean, again, the practice is okay, even after you put him on IR, because you want to see what the guy can handle, but it's in Voorhees. Okay, fine. Why put him on the plane? Why risk playing him, you know, right away? You could just, just, again, there's no value to this. You're not getting back into the playoff race, right? Is it the worst thing in the world to leave him out for an extra five days? Six days, that's all you're asking. It's not going to kill you to keep him back home and just make sure. Because what happens, let's just say he goes out there, right? And let's say they put him into a game and you're playing the frigging Anaheim Ducks who, like you, have nothing to play for. And they are not they are not um, uh, hiding the fact that they are tanking, right? And maybe some young player who wants to make a name for himself comes – Cruising through the cruising through the um, the crease and clips Carter in the in the side of the head. Now all of a sudden you have a guy who's just off of a concussion gets hit in the head again in California, and you don't know can we put him back on the plane and fly all the way back across the country, or does he have to stay here and stay in the hospital for a couple of days of observation before you bring him? Like why risk any of this? It doesn't matter. He's your franchise. You leave him home for three days or three games and then put him back out there next week when he feels better. That's where I don't get it. And and I also don't understand the complete and total lack of communication within the own organization. All right. That's, that's it. That is unbelievable. So I will say I have a couple things that I just kind of came to mind saying it. Number one, is remember before when you'd have Dave Haxtall come up and talk about injuries and it was like boring, vanilla, nothing to it? That's why the GM, the coach would say, this has got to be left to the GM, right? Mm-hmm. That's and, and actually now you know why they actually say that in an organization that's organized. You'll have to talk to the GM. And then the GM has to come out and truthfully present what the case is. That hasn't happened. But again, we've talked about the disconnect that I believe is between the coaching staff and, and the management at the top. I mean, you start scratching your number one score and all that. There's obviously frustration mounted at different levels. The other thing I'll say, Russ, uh, soap opera wise, uh, you didn't live through the 90s. <laughs> Eric. Believe right? me, brother. You want to you wanna talk about a soap opera? Holy shit, dude. I can't sit here. I don't have enough time on a, on a hundred podcasts to talk about the soap opera that I lived 
every fucking day almost for five years. But anyway, you guys got a soap opera now. Let me know when you really want to talk about a soap opera, and I'll be happy to get through it. We should actually use 90s night to ask people what the soap opera really was in Philadelphia in the 90s. So anyway, uh, that neither here nor there. Um, the other thing, too, they've, they've totally changed concussion <laughs> protocols because when I had concussions, they used to just shoot pucks on our head the next day, and if we could take it, we'd actually be back out of the ice the next day. So things have changed a little bit, and I'm glad that, that we've come of age. As for the, the goalie, you're, you're right about the sentiment, guys, but I'm wondering, like, yeah, so he flies out. He's a clear backup right now, but again, I don't understand necessarily what the point was, as you guys are saying. They took three, you know, I mean, they I, took three goalies on the trip. Bundy? Right, and, and so why? Yeah, why not leave him at home? And, and I think everybody says, and actually, like you talk about flying somebody with a concussion, that was you know another part of the '90s soap opera as well, too, that someone may or may not have been accused of doing. But I don't get the point. So maybe he's not that bad because I can't think anybody would personally put somebody's well-being uh, in, in a detriment like that by putting him on an airplane, which everybody knows with a concussion is not a good thing. Right. But that, so. That- that just totally comes back to the the whole thing that Anthony was saying. I was going to, you know, be a sarcastic prick and like do the whole thing. But like this is this is where like, I, you know, I, I got accused on Twitter of of like over dramatizing things because I, I did like a two minute video when it first happened about like this is weird and like this doesn't happen other places and like begging people to give an example of anything like this happening, not just in hockey, but in any sport. And like, there's nothing that comes to mind because it is such an outlier. It honestly, we have reached the point where uh, this goes far beyond my distaste for Chuck Fletcher as a hockey executive and, a, and has done a terrible job of, of constructing a roster year over year. And that ownership has continued to just give him opportunity after opportunity where he has further screwed this team in the short and long term. It's beyond that. This is like, when it comes to an embarrassing thing, the word around the league continues to get worse about this team. It's not just executives. It's not just other coaches. It's not coaching candidates who may or may not have interviewed here uh, before or after John Tortorella. It's it's It goes to players. It goes to the idea of uh, how your organization is perceived when when the day should come that you feel ready to go after free agents. It it comes down to are the players that you recently acquired in trades and free agency happy that they made the choice or are they thrilled with the fact that they were brought in here? Do they want out? I mean, hell, we saw it with Ryan Ellis. We know Ryan Ellis was, was not thrilled uh, about how his early time here with this team went, whether it was because of discrepancies uh, and disagreements with the medical staff, with the organization itself, or the way that he was treated, the way that his injury was treated. It's not just that. You know, there there are so many things here that are messy, uh, but the fact that Chuck Fletcher remains in in power here is, uh, it, it, it to me is beyond the pale of saying we're going to give this guy an opportunity to get out of the mess. Like he's been given that opportunity so many times and has failed to do so. Uh, like the the concept, and we talked about this a week ago or two two weeks ago, that. Teams don't like to make these moves before the holidays. Well, I'm sorry. You know, the, you're you're considerably doing potentially irreparable damage. Like, yes, while it is likely the Carter Hart's concussion is mild and not a super severe one, we're not dealing with a Lindros level or a Primo level concussion. We're not dealing with like a super rare 
awful concussion like the one that Chris Pronger suffered through his eye. Like, we're not talking about that, presumably, hopefully. But this team thought it was fine to have him on the ice, fine, if you're trying to test it out. The optics of doing that within two hours of him going on IR are bad. Sending him on a plane across the country is inexcusable. You can't even try to, like, hide this or couch this in the idea that, well, we're in a playoff contention. They're 13 points out of the wild card, just in case Chuck wants to spin that bullshit narrative again. Uh, it, you, you are doing, as I like to call it, organizational malpractice by putting this kid on a plane and sending him across the country. And by the way, if I'm an agent of a player, I'm not thrilled. If I'm a potential free agent who's going to hit the market, and I think to myself, would I like to be put in a position where I'm put on a plane and sent across the country with a concussion? I don't know if I'm feeling great about it. Money talks, I get that, but this isn't good. The optics of this are, are pretty bad. And if Carter Hart were to suffer a setback on this road trip with concussion symptoms, and to Anthony's point, has to stay out west, well, that's a cluster. Like Then you've run yourself into a potential issue with the league and the Players Association. And for what? For what? You're not in contention. You will not be in contention. You are going to be a bottom seven team. God willing, you're going to jump somehow high into the top two, top three in this draft. That's it. There are no moral victories. There is nothing. This season is what it is. But putting, potentially, your franchise netminder's health into peril, potential peril, for no reason whatsoever is totally inexcusable. This would be one thing if Chuck Fletcher were a first-year GM and John Tortorella were an interim coach. These two combined have far too much experience, far too much time in this league to make this kind of a Bush League call. It's inexcusable. Honestly, it's reprehensible. You know, one of my guilty pleasures as, uh, that I always liked uh, on TV was that show Bar Rescue. You ever watch Bar Rescue, right, with John Taffer? Yeah. The, fl the Flyers need a Bar Rescue at this point. <laughs> That's what they need. They need someone to come in and show them and yell and scream in their face and tell them, you are screwing this up so bad, so bad, and you need to fix it now. Otherwise, forget it forever. I mean, Does that's really what yell at the person behind the bar or the one sitting at the bar. No. I don't know if that makes a difference here. I'm just no, but you're the, the point. You're making the point correct there, Russ. Is that and and most in most of those episodes, I don't know if, how many times you guys have ever watched it or whatever. But in most of those episodes, it's a it, the problem isn't necessarily the employees. Every once in a while, you got a bad employee, but it's they just don't know any better, and because they have bad leadership at the top, yeah. and it's all about fixing the leadership at the top and making them see the mess that they've created and that they have to get them out of the mess and not anyone else. So to sit there, and that's why I always sit there and say, you can, you can, you can make an argument, and Bundy, you've said this before, you can make an argument that you just had a bad year. Bad years happen. You can make an argument that, okay, we got caught by injuries for a year, and okay, that hurt our team. Okay, yeah, those things happen. You run into bad luck sometimes. But when you have, mm -hmm. it, when you have it mount up season after season after season, as it has with this team since the, since the pandemic for the last three, two, three seasons, two and a half seasons, then you got to sit there and say, okay, it's more than that. It's more than just bad luck. There's got to be bad management in here somewhere at some level. And for the Flyers, it has to start up at the top. There's no other choice. Even if it 
even if they were not specifically to blame for everything, they oversaw it. They were the people responsible for watching it. And you have to put the blame up top first because you allowed what happened below you. You allowed the, the problems in the locker room to, to happen. You allowed, um, you know, bad contracts to happen. You've allowed bad play to happen. You've allowed bad relationships to cre- be created. You have friction between a coach yeah. and player, coach and man. All that stuff falls under the management. That's where, so if you need to fix it, that's what needs to be fixed. You've tried replacing players. You've tried replacing coaches. None of that's worked. You have to go to the next step. And I don't know what they're waiting for. And you know, you know, it's funny too. This is a time right now, guys, like just, I've just played, I've been around hockey too long and probably seen too many things, but this is about the time too, where when you're on a bad team, the dysfunction really starts to rear its head around the 40 game mark Christmas. When you're on a bad team, believe me, you're going to start hearing about this guy. Don't like it here. Or the guy don't like the coach or these two players don't get along. And you know, what's funny. People can say, Oh, a lot of rumors and stuff. 90% of the time it's right. It's spot on. Right. And, and you're, and you know, what's funny. I don't like, I don't like drama. And so I just want guys to go play hockey. If I'm a coach or a manager, Get your goddamn bootstraps pulled up and get out there and play hockey. Be accountable to your teammates. Be accountable to this to your uh, to the fans and be accountable to the to your the crest on the front. There's not a lot of that right now. But this, you watch what happens now on a bad team where it's continued. The same personalities that were here are going to get a year older. They get a little bit louder in their voice. Then somebody else feels someone else has been victimized by somebody in a bad year. Kevin Hayes, right? They've already got that built in. So what happens is you get all this discontent and malcontent that settles in. And then you have three groups of people, the coaching staff, the management, and the players. And I've seen stuff come undone, guys, and come unglued around this time of the year that goes into April. And believe me, until you rectify that and you get that that rot right out of the top, it will go into next year again, and the same shit will happen at Christmas again next year. You'll have four or five new faces, and they're going to wonder, what is going on here? What is going on here repeatedly? The worst thing that I hate, you know, I hate about the, the, the worst part of what I've seen with this team's delved into is when I get an agent or a big guy in Toronto calls me or hears me and he calls and says, what has happened to the Philadelphia Flyers, Bundy? And I'm like, you know what? I, I, I can't stand that question. I hate hearing that question more than anything because it doesn't need to be asked. It shouldn't have to be asked. Yes, you can have off years. But you have got to cut it off at a point where it does not return. You might have another bad year or two just because you're building. But when you get an influx of youth, you get an infl- you know, the coach starts getting more of a handle on it and you start flowing together as, with unity. That's how you know you have a good organization and you're growing. Right now, they're not even talking to each other. And it's pretty clear because of what just happened with the Carter Hart episode this year. That stuff, I'm telling you guys, will fester and it will linger for as long as it's allowed to linger and until somebody comes in there with balls and a big ass mouth, that's going to clean this shit up. It's going to on because you can have, you can't have another nice little guy smirkle in there and let's all, let's take care of this guy. This place needs a house cleaning quick, fast, because we're looking, we're going to be, we're staring, we're going to stare it down another year. That's where we're going. Yeah, and, and well, you know what? Feel bad too, because there, there are players like Travis Konechny and, and Ivan Provorov and Travis Sanheim and Scott Lawton who have, gone through this how many times you know like and 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 i think of those guys especially because we're talking about like the the young the early the the moldable the impressionable years of you as a player coming into the league learning what it is to be a pro and they 
they have been shown almost none of that over their time in the league. And I saw, I think it was Charlie O'Connor last night tweeted something out that was, was to the effect of this. There's an alternate universe where Sean Couturier is healthy. Uh, Claude Giroux is re-signed. Um, Joel Farabee is allowed to be the fourth, uh, you know, most productive forward on the team. And Johnny Gaudreau is signed in the offseason. And then you think <laughs> about what that team looks like versus what this one does. And each and every one of those things for the most part, with the exception of probably Sean Couturier's health, falls on this GM, on this president of hockey ops. And it just comes back once again. And I I, I kind of want to move off of this because I, I feel like at this point, if, you, if you've listened to Snow the Goalie for more than an episode, you're, you're probably very familiar with where we stand on this and where we've been standing on this for quite some time. It, it is beyond inexcusable. The, the only you know thing I, I... And I hate making this comparison, but what we saw is not the way somebody who is operating at a high level acts, right? The the kind of disorganization that we saw with Carter Hart, uh, with between John Tortorella and with Chuck Fletcher and then him going on the trip, this is like when you're out at the bar, uh, and I'll use uh, Anthony's son just turned 21, and it's that case oh, nice. of, of which bar are we going to? How are we getting there? Where are we going to go next? This person wants to go there. That person wants to go there. Two groups don't talk, and all of a sudden, the party's split in half. That's what this feels like. It feels like people who just aren't making decisions, totally clear-headed or in constant conversation with each other. It feels like chaos. And that will continue, to Bundy's point, to permeate through this organization. And it will do lasting damage. The sooner they can change this, the better. And I don't care if it has to be January 1st, January 2nd, whenever uh, the World Juniors is over, if that's when they want to make the move, Chuck Fletcher needs to go. They're, they're, we are beyond the point of being able to sit back in any rational way and say, this guy deserves another chance. He, we, we had to sit through the COVID excuse, despite the fact that every other executive in hockey had to deal with the COVID situation, with the pandemic, and with injuries, and with poor signings, with poor trades. It, we are beyond that point. It need, a change needs to be made, and it it is going to do irreparable harm if he is left in this position through another trade deadline and entering another offseason. It cannot be allowed to happen. And I said this months ago, if that change will not happen with Dave Scott at the top, then I will openly campaign for, I believe, fellow Italian-American Val Camillo to take over in the hopes that she will do it. Because somebody at some point has to look at what is being put in front of them and the harm that is being done to the organization, to the team, to the identity, to the league-wide identity, the way that executives and the way that pundits and the way that players and the way that agents perceive this team and has to say enough is enough. Let me and get, I'll let you have the last word. Yeah, I was going to say, I, was gonna, I want to do the last word on this because, you know, one of the things that, you know, I hear sometimes is that, you know, we harp on the same thing repeatedly and it gets, it gets tiresome. And I get that, right? I get it. I totally get it, and I and I and I feel the pain of the people who feel that 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 happens. But when one thing after another continues to mount up, and all we have, if we're trying to connect dots, is is one common denominator, then it would be we would be remiss to not go back to this again. 
because it would almost be like we are turning a blind eye to where the root of the problem is. You can sit there and say, well, this happened. Well, why did this happen? Well, okay, it goes back up to the, to the top. Well, this happened. Well, well, it goes back up to the top. You have to, you have to connect those dots. You can't just sit there and, and, and draw the puzzle without going in order. You, have to, you, can't, you won't have the picture. The picture won't be drawn. That's what the connect the dots thing is. And, and I say this repeatedly because this team is – there are things that are happening – and and I think it's important to, to clarify to say this. There are things that are happening with this organization right now, on the ice in practice every day, that are good. There are th- Tortorella is making an impact with certain players. You are there are things that are happening with young players that are going to benefit them as maybe maybe as individual players only and not for the organization because who knows how long it's yeah. going to take for the team to get there. But they are benefiting. As, ho- as young hockey players, and the coach is working with that. I mean, it, it certainly is. You don't continually come from behind in games. Yes, they finally won an overtime game last night, but how many times has this team been down two goals in the third period and found a way to get back and tie it or, or just fall short? They're down. They lose by a goal like they did in Carolina last week, whatever. There's a lot of good happening. And so you sit there and say, okay, if that exists – then why should we continue to let every other negative persist above it? And that's where I'm trying to tell you that, look, you guys know, and I'm, talk, I'm talking to the fans here, you guys know that I'm not, I'm not going to bullshit you, okay? People, when I am told something, I let you know. When I'm told yeah. something otherwise, I will say it. If, if I get something wrong, I will say it. Look, Carter Hart's out there on this trip. I reported that he wasn't going. So I was wrong on that. But I can't change – I'm not going to go against my tweet yet because I'm still told he's not playing in Los Angeles and even though the coach has said he will. Okay, so if, if it happens, I will put it out there. I promise you because that, that's, my, that's my job and that's how I want to communicate with you. But I want you to understand that we get that, that, that people are telling us what we're hearing. We're not just creating these opinions on our own. This is within the organization. You have people who aren't pulling for each other to succeed. There are people in the organization who want to see other people in the same organization fail. That's the problem. And it's a, and the only way to fix that is at the top. And it, Chuck Fletcher could be the nicest guy in the world. He really could be. But it doesn't matter if you're not doing the job right. And so that's why we continue to pers- and persistently harp on this. And, 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 and look, I apologize if, if, if it gets to be too much to you. I apologize if you don't want to hear it and you want to fast forward or check out a later episode or whatever. I get it. I get it. But we're also going to keep it true. We're going to keep it real here. We're not going to hide it, hide it away and say, oh, we got to take it easy on Chuck this week. If this shit continues to happen, we will continue to talk about it. Until it doesn't happen anymore. And the only other comparison I will make, and this is where I'll finish this up. If you recall, about a year ago, we killed the business side of this organization. Killed them constantly because it was one screw up after another, after another, after another. And they hated us for it. 
And I used to joke about, I'm going to get a phone call about this. I'm, someone's going to call me and bitch about me complaining or Russ complaining or Bundy complaining. Like, I'm going to hear about it. And they, those calls did happen. But then you know what they eventually did? They eventually sat there and said, well, maybe, the guy, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe we aren't doing our job correctly. Maybe we need to change. And over the course of the past year, you have seen a very consorted effort out of the business side of the organization to try and reconnect with their fans, to try and do things the right way. There's still going to be small little mistakes here and there. Always. I mean, that's always going to be they're, – they're getting back to what they need to be, right? Okay? And that's fine. Yeah. And, and we're seeing it, right, Bundy? I mean, we're seeing it every yeah. day. And so we're not, yeah. we're not ripping them anymore because nope. – not because we've made a pact or they've – if they screw up, we'll still say it. But they're trying, and that's all you can ask. The, the hockey upside – there, there's no try there. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of discontent on that side, and until that's cleaned up, we're going to continue to tell you about it. Yeah, I agree with you, Anthony, and and uh, the way you said that too. Really, I you know, I'm uh, I'm going down to '90s night next week. It's going to be uh, on the fifth. I'm going to be a part of that that celebration. You know, maybe I may not have been a year ago, but you know what? I I do see different things. I've been down to a couple games this year, and um. You know, I, I know they're losing, but I went down. I saw a team that worked hard. Remember, I complained a lot about the way they played last year. I mean, it was brutal some nights. But there, there's effort this year, you know, and I know there's a lack of talent. I do. Everybody does. But I complained about effort, you know, and I and I saw that. And and the business side, guys, you're right, Anthony. We took it we took it to them. And I and rightfully so. You know, I had somebody very that was very, very prominent in the business side that's no longer there. And here she had texted me a couple days ago and said, you know what, Bundy, I listened to almost everything you said the whole year, you guys, and you never lied one time. You did not lie to us one time, and I can swear on that, and I would always corroborate what you guys had shared. And, um, and he said it was kind of refreshing, but I think some eyes open to it. I want to say we're saviors to the business side. We're not. They have, but I think, it, it, but again, what you're saying is, is that they're willing to listen. They're willing to kind of revert back a little bit to once what, once was, um, what was once here. Um, you don't have to celebrate Mr. Snyder every single day. He was the founder of the team. Um, but I like what's going on in the building right now. I, I like the way things have changed and there's a revert back to the history that, that's made this team prominent. Yeah, they won a Stanley Cups a long time ago. Everybody wants to see this team win a Stanley Cup again. Uh, we come close many times, but that's what it's all about. And, and you're right when you say that. I don't have one bad thing to say right now about the business side. The carnival's proceeding. They're trying to do that. You know, they're doing a good job with these um, throwback nights. And the way that the building looked when I went into and the tributes to the past of this team uh, is outstanding. And really, really something that I had a lot of pride in when I saw it myself. So good job by them. Work, still a work in progress. I keep, you know, keep seeing what they're doing and, and, and keeping an eye on it. But, but much, much better. And that's exactly what you're saying, Anthony. We need the hockey department to be you know, kind of as accountable as the business side has been in that building in the last year and make a, it'll go a long, long way. So I think that's a, that's a, a very nice put a bow on. I think that's a, a good spot. I want to address, cause we, we had five new five-star reviews. Oh, five. I thought it was in. just three. Five, okay. no, five. Okay. <clears throat> but I want to address one because I think that we just kind of touched on something that they said. So this is from Jeff K 16. Now, technically this person has now kind of delved into the Lee C five-star review. This is a repeat, but there, there's constructive feedback here. A second five-star review with a slight caveat. This is my second five-star review. 
I'm assuming there's a statute of limitations since my first one was years ago and it was in the BB era before Bundy. Speaking of Bundy, while he's made the show better than ever, I'd like to offer some constructive feedback if I may. Between the combination of Anthony's incredible experience covering the sport, his knowledge of the sport, plus the perspective that only a former can bring with Bundy, the ingredients are there for a top-notch show. All that's needed to make it truly perfect is a competent master of ceremonies. While Russ sometimes fits that description, he often falls into the trap of being overly cynical, snarky, and generally a contrarian for the sake of being a contrarian. When I listen, I sometimes wonder if someone poured sour milk in his cereal that day. I've been a diehard fan since the mid-80s, and while this era is undoubtedly dark and depressing, Russ doesn't need to unnecessarily pile on. Perhaps a New Year's resolution is in, in his future for the betterment of the Snow the Goalie listenership. So let me address that. Anthony kind of touched on many of these points. I will say this, and I think Anthony knows me well enough after all these years, and I think Bundy knows this from the past year. I don't play contrarian to play contrarian. I, I will when we're not on the show. I will certainly piss Anthony off for fun off, off of the show because we bicker like an old married couple. But my takes I, on this team just, have remained yeah. consistent. They will continue to remain yes. consistent. And they may be contrarian to what the public says. They may be contrarian to what some of like the, I, I don't know, under the influence flyers Twitter might say from time to time. But I would love to be positive about this team. I would love to have something to hold on to. One thing that we talked about two weeks ago on the last show was it's been great to see Travis Konechny bounce back this year and kind of go back to the player that we thought he was going to be before all the turmoil in the organization. But the, there aren't that many things right now that we can hold on to and say, this is the future of this team for the next eight years. We don't have that right now. And it comes back to what Anthony said. Until the things at the top are changed, we can't sit here. I mean, we could. We could be disingenuous. We could bullshit this. We could act like we're like an arm of like uh, like a propaganda arm of, you know, Flyers Twitter or something. But that doesn't behoove anybody. You know, we can't sit and, and act as though none of this is real uh, and, and try to like kind of pull the wool over everyone's eyes. We, I'm sure we could. There might even be other shows out there who try. Um, but that's not what we do. I would love to be positive. So my New Year's resolution is I'm going to continue to look for the positives. One positive that should happen early in 2023, Chuck Fletcher should be fired. Um, another positive that could happen in 2023 is the Flyers could end up with a top draft pick. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how much you guys have watched of world juniors. I'll admit that I am not tuning in every, every minute to see it as my fire alarm goes off in this house. Hold on. <laughs> That's what are you burning bacon, Russ? Do a little bacon, making bacon. I think my wife put something in the air fryer. <laughs> I was going to blame, I was going to blame the contractors. It's, it's off. There we go. It's my my take was so hot about Chuck Fletcher that that's uh, that's yeah. what did it. Exactly. <laughs> Guys, I, I I know that um, there are some people who question Connor Bedard's ability to immediately make an impact because he's not this big burly frame, but some of the plays he's made when when you just watch it in a vacuum, you go that that's the kind of thing that any team, especially a team that is so devoid of top end talent like the Flyers need. And I'm not saying that there are hockey gods who should finally smile on this team for all of its misfortunes, but my God, you, you see that guy play. And there are others. There are others who stood out in this tournament. But you watch that and you say, that is the exact thing 
that this team needs. And if there's if there is a a faster track to turning this thing around, it's adding a centerpiece part to this equation long term. And that's that could be their piece. That it's can't, it ain't happening, right? Russ. It's not happening. You got too many teams. They're gonna have five teams or six teams worse than the Flyers. So let's just stop talking about these. Listen, if they miraculously get so bad that they get the first pick and get them, we'll deal with it when it comes. But there's so many, there's two teams out there that are so much shittier than the Flyers, and they absolutely long to be shittier than the Flyers. That kid's gonna be wearing some purple duck on the outskirts of LA next year or wearing and playing for Luke Richardson with the Blackhawk on his uniform. Those teams are not going to – I don't think they're going to finish with better records than the Flyers. That's why you he's just a, pray he's a for nice, the percentage, Bundy. Pray for the percentage. Well, look, I, I don't have enough time left on the planet to pray for that. But I understand <laughs> what you're saying. Um, but anyway. through, we had four other five-star reviews. Let me get through these quick before we head out uh, and, and put a, a bow on 2022. Sussex Mike checks in with a five-star. Great podcast. Just found your podcast and really enjoy listening to it. Longtime Flyer fan. Appreciate your discussions about the team, especially Bundy's opinions. Can't wait for more podcasts to listen to. Go Flyers. We had Andrew Harrison, uh, five stars, my favorite Flyers pod. And favorite, by the way, is OU. So I assume this is a Canadian. Uh, other than the Twitter, unless it's a Brit. Do we read it like a Brit? Other than the Twitter argument. No? Okay. Other than the Twitter <laughs> argument I had with Russ about Ron Hextall years ago, I find these guys to be some of the best Flyers insider resources out there. Loved Chris as a player and in the media. You guys make following this nightmare of a team easier. That's a nice one. Mm-hmm. Lee C checked in with a five-star review. Lee C, you know, fist pumps, elbows, you know, all that to you. Uh, th- this is like a, a – I-, I feel like at some point we should do a, uh, a reading of all the Lee C five-star reviews. I think we're probably over 100 at this point. Um, Lee, I need you to create, like, fake uh, Apple accounts. And just like start making them from burners, <laughs> and like that, I'm, I'm, you know, just put it out there. Uh, NJ Republic says a podcast w- uh, that tells it how it is. Ant, Russ, and Bundy have put together a podcast with the best pulse on what's going on with the Flyers. Ant seems to be ahead of most stories by weeks. Russ gives an unfiltered perspective on what most fans think, but no other outlet wants to report. Bundy ties it all together, giving the players' perspective with a wealth of knowledge of how the game is played. Bundy helps explain the game in a way where if you're new to hockey and have never tied a pair of skates before, he gives you the insight how players, coaches, and GMs think based on his experience as a player and broadcaster. Fans need outlets like this that aren't a mouthpiece for the organization and aren't afraid to call out ownership, the front office coach, or players. Keep up the great content. Thank you. Final That was awesome. Final one. The Art Wolf. Misery loves company. Five stars. Great show. It's nice to hear some realistic perspective on how the team is actually doing and share the pain with, uh, since no one up here in upstate New York actually cares about the best team in hockey. Keep up the good work and always remember that at least we aren't the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> Guys, I think that probably puts us in a good spot to wrap up. Um, I know we, and and you and I tend to get a little bit uh, not emotional at the end of the year when we think back to the year that it was, but to see, and, and as I share with you guys to see the, the week over week growth, the month over month growth, the year over year growth of this show. Uh, I said that we're getting very close to a, a listener threshold that I always hoped that we would get to. And we continue to get closer and closer to it. It clearly means that the point, the, 
the topics that we hit, the, the way that we go about presenting it is resonating with a large, large, large chunk of the Philadelphia Flyers fan base. And so as I've been asking the last few weeks, tell a friend, tell a family member. Here we are getting into New Year's. I'm not saying you need to like go out and like, uh, you know, screen print the Snow the Goalie logo on a T-shirt. Not saying you need to do that. Maybe we'll do that in the New Year. Maybe we'll start selling some Snow the Goalie merch. But um, not we do, saying you need we do have, to do We do have a five-year anniversary coming soon. We do. That is true. Um, that's a long time. Yes. So uh, what I would say to people out there is, you know, thank you as always for listening or for watching on the Crossing Broad YouTube channel where you can watch our glowing faces as we uh, get very animated. And sometimes Anthony uh, gets a, a nice big smirk on his face when he wants to say something and he jumps in. There we go. Um, but a big thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, it, it, it is very cool. And I think reaffirming in a sense that the stuff that we put out there to the public is so well received. We do take all of the constructive criticism in stride and we, we try to make the show better. We'll continue to try to make it better. And guys, uh, let's hope that 2023 gives us not only uh, a good year of health and happiness for each of us and our families and our friends and our listeners, but also for the love of God, can we please get a good flyer season and something to hold on to in 2023. Bundy, let me throw it to you. How are you feeling going into 2023? Uh, just in general, what the hockey team, about everything, life. Oh. Um, pretty good, I guess. You know, I mean, it's just a turn of a, another flip of the calendar, I guess. But uh, I'm optimistic, Russ, always. And, uh, you know, as for all our fans and everybody, I just hope everybody's a safe and healthy, happy new year. I hope our hockey experience gets better, uh, but I hope everybody has a great uh, journey in their life uh, in 2023. And I hope if you had a good 2022, may it be as good. And if you had a shitty 2022, well, I hope 2023 is better. Happy New Year, everybody. And now we go to you. Um, I just want to. I'm just looking forward to yet another year with you, with you two boys. Uh, best. It was literally the best year, Snow the goalie we've ever had. Uh, and that, that's saying something because we really took off with this podcast um, back during the pandemic when we were getting all the former players and coaches and doing those long form interviews, those hour long interviews with those guys. Um, and and it's, so it's so it's hard to say that that anything would be better than that. But I think that what we've done in the past year has been awesome. And I don't want to see see it be any different. I, I wanted to keep getting better. And I look forward to 2023 being that, uh, making Snow the Goalie uh, the place to go for all and every bit of inside hockey information about your Philadelphia Flyers. That's a good way to put a bow on it. Thanks for listening to Snow the Goalie. Uh, we hope you'll come back in the new year. Uh, like I said, let two, three, four, five friends or family know about the Only Flyers podcast. You can follow us. On Twitter at Snow the Goalie, Ant is on Twitter at Ant San Philly. Bundy's there at C Terrian Six. I'm on there at Joy on Broad. All of those also carry over to Instagram, which we've been starting to add some reels to of late. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Snow the Goalie. If that, if all that's too complicated, you can just go to SnowTheGoalie.com, where you can find the most recent video. Links you right out to YouTube. You can find the Apple Podcast player and the Spotify player right on the homepage. You can go into the About Us thing and like send us a question or a comment or a concern. You could do that as well. Um, I think that's it. If you're on YouTube, you can go to uh, the Crossing Broad page. You can pull up the uh, playlist with all the Snow the Goalie uh, episodes. You can hit the little bell or whatever, and you can subscribe and get the notification when a new episode drops. 
But uh, a big thank you to both of these guys. A big thank you to everyone who listens, who watches. We'll be back in 2023 with a new episode of Snow the Goalie, the only Flyers podcast. Let's hope that 2023 is the best year yet to be a Philadelphia Flyers fan. For Ant, for Bundy, I'm Russ. Talk to you in the new year.